Welcome back, <laughs> pop culture fans, to your favorite scary movie podcast. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Ghostface, and joining me across the internet, as always, is Drew Douglas. Please do that voice the entire time. I literally. Oh, you've am already straining. given up. <laughs> I'm Ten straining. seconds into it. I uh, no joke. I almost passed out the other day because I was at work and I was talking like Ghostface, you know, and I was just talking to myself and I was just like narrating what I was doing just because I couldn't not stop thinking about Ghostface. And this was before watching the movie. I had no voice that night. Like it was gone. I don't know if that really sounded like Ghostface. I don't know what that was. Yeah, it's uh, it's my best attempt, and it's without a modulator. But that just makes me realize how much we need modulators to talk about Scream. And for all of you joining us for the first time, thanks for joining us. If you're returning, thank you. It's a pleasure that you're always with us here, hand in hand, electronically. But we're talking about, of course, a new Scream movie, Scream Six. <laughs> Roman numeral six. It's not, yeah. you know, something with like a dollar sign S or something like that. So um, I'm curious. This is like your favorite franchise, horror movie franchise. I don't know. I would say Halloween's my favorite horror franchise. Scream is like my ultimate horror film. That's like my favorite. Your top. It's my top tier. But something about Halloween, like I can't shake it. That's my favorite. Mike, it's Mikey, baby. It's Mikey, Mikey. I was just thinking while you were doing that ghost face voice. Um, no offense, it wasn't great. Hey, none taken. I know it's not great. <laughs> Imagine if you had the voice of Roger L. Jackson, who voices Ghostface. He's like. been doing it since the beginning. Mm -hmm. That would be the sweetest gig of all time. Yeah. He gets to say, uh, he has quippy lines. He gets to say obscene things. <laughs> uh, it's just a good gig, and I bet he gets paid really well. Buku's. I need that. Why, why wasn't I gifted that amazing voice? Oh. I got this trash. Do you think that he scares family members when he calls them and then they're like, oh, it's Ghostface? And I, oh, no, no. It's just. Oh, it's just Roger. He won't, <laughs> he won't stop it. He thinks that's funny. Now, I think, I think that's probably worn thin. I mean, that would be fun. Would you pay him money to lead, to like set up your voicemail? Absolutely. Do people still do voicemail? Absolutely. Because it's like, what is that, cameo or something like that where you pay actors mm -hmm. to record? something and have you done that by the way no absolutely cameo not. absolutely where you pay not. someone uh i know that there's a mutual friend of ours who did that and i kept thinking after the fact i'm like i want like do actors hate it and they just like really hate it so it seems like some like a few would really get into it but i mean it's the i'm sure it's obnoxious to have to do that but it is yeah. easy money it's like going to comic-con yeah. or something and you're or voiceover it's like you just do you do a quick read and I'd say, hey, this is Roger Deakins listening to KTLA or whatever. I mean, this is the good thing, too. And we'll stop talking about this because this is just pointless. <laughs> but you are brightening the lives of people. Like, it is dumb. Yeah. But you you just made somebody's day by doing a one-minute cameo. That's a good point. But, yes, full. we should warn now. We're going to say full spoilers ahead for Scream 6. And then also, I would say... Scream mm. one through five. Just come mm -hmm. in. We're going to just speak freely about anything that comes into our brains. It's an important thing. I can only imagine that if you are watching Scream 6, you've seen the other movies, right? I'd assume. I would hope so. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if there's pre-required viewing necessarily for this movie, but I, I would have said after having seen it, 
I would recommend watching Scream 2 and then Scream 5. And all Drew Barrymore movies leading up to the first Scream, just to give that even more weight in the beginning when she dies. Sure. I didn't even mention Scream, though. I, I mean Scream 2022. Right. Yeah, you don't need, maybe the OG. Like You should have already seen the OG by now. Uh, I mean, that's like, that's like you said, that's a classic. That is something that set the foundation for all of these movies and is like hands down one of the greatest slasher movies of all time. It's it's near, in my mind, near perfection. I watched it three times last year. I watched it leading into this one along with Scream 2, Scream 4, and then rewatched Scream 5, which I've seen, I think, four times at this point, which blows my <laughs> mind because that movie came out just over a year ago. Yeah. I, you know, that's one of the biggest surprises, I think, looking at this franchise right now, and especially with this new movie, this new Scream, is, like, this movie literally was out last year. They shot and came out with a brand new Scream in one year. That is, that's, 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 I don't even know what to think about it. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, they greenlit this shortly after Scream 5 because that movie did pretty well. I think it overachieved from, I would imagine, a lot of people's estimations. They started shooting last June, so 2022. It's now March 2023. We already got this. Now, I know these aren't like effects heavy. Sure. But it is impressive that they they crank these out so fast that I'm led to believe they have to have an idea of where these are going. Uh, yeah, way ahead of time, you know, because Scream comes out in 2022. I'm thinking way like months and months and months ahead of that release. Just where do we go from here, assuming this does well? So I'm in my head. They already have the next one laid out. Like this is a brand new trilogy, essentially. Right. Yeah. I would imagine. Right. Because this this came out and made. I don't know, 45 million in the U.S. for the opening, which is the highest ever for this franchise. This is movie number six. That's impressive. And that's with Scream 5, you know, I would say passing the torch to this new cast of characters, which in this film, they've been dubbed the Core Four, which is a gag uh, that Mason Gooding has in this. (laughs) And... The other characters aren't super interested. They think it's corny. I initially was like, oh, I love that. The core four. Yeah. It's because I think all four of them are enjoyable in different ways. I don't know if they touch Scream's OG cast, but I do like these characters a lot. And I was going to say, before we jump in to Scream 6, this brand new one, let's do quick thoughts on Scream 5 because I like to set the stage of one, I love this franchise. I know you do too. Do you, having rewatched Scream 5 in the past year leading up to this one, uh, you still like it? Because you you liked it, right? I I liked it, but here's the funny thing. I haven't thought a whole lot about it. Did you rewatch it going into this one? No. Ooh. I was going to, and I was planning on and it. And that's got your boy Jack Quaid in I know. It. I lo- I, that's a thing that I do love about Jack, and especially knowing, like this morning I was listening to some interviews because I had a long drive ahead of me um, for work. So I put on, it was like a almost a 30, 40-minute interview with the filmmakers and the directors and one of the producers. And they were talking about, like, their decisions and all that stuff. And I thought that was really interesting to hear that behind the scenes. But um, what makes me like 
Scream 5 so much or Scream 2022 is like, it is an interesting idea. I do love that it's their take of rebooting, you know, this meta, because that's it. That's Scream will always and forever be known as the meta slasher, period, hands down. I don't know if we'll ever be able to replace or come up with a better franchise because then I'll just be compared to Scream. And I think that's one thing that Scream 5 did well is this requel, this rebooting or like rebooting, but also a sequel. And it's funny because as the guys talked about this radio silence, I kept thinking maybe that's their big shtick. Like they'll make a career out of this. <laughs> but nonetheless, I enjoyed Scream 5. I thought like for a requel, fun, great idea. And it's got that Scream charm. And I think what makes that a standout is um, Jack Quaid. And I also, like, I enjoyed some of the characters, like the newer characters, but also Doug Dewey and RIP Dewey. Yeah, pour one out for Dewey. Well, it was good that we're starting to kind of, again, pass the torch. I, I yeah, I think we need to be moving past we these do. legacy characters. Having seen Scream 6, how it connects to Scream 2022 so, so directly. Mm -hmm. Do you wish that you would have rewatched that one? No, I don't think so. You I think you're good to go? Yeah, I do. And it's funny because that was going to be another thing. I thought it would be an interesting take because I knew that you were going to and going into this movie, I thought there might be a few things, points of discussion that I'd, especially if we're doing this podcast, it'll be great to do because there might be a few things that I missed. And it'd be interesting, like, did that benefit, like, did I benefit or lose out or whatever because I didn't watch it? So now with that, I don't feel like I should have watched it. I feel like this is somewhat of a standalone. You still need to see Scream 5 to go into this, but I still really enjoyed it just as much, you know, um, because they do a lot of setting in the ground and all that foundational work, I think, early on in this movie that you don't have to see it, but it'd be beneficial. Now, the one thing that I will say, it's funny because one of the producers called this movie, so like Scream, um, they called Scream 6 their B-side, their bloody B-side, uh, their punk rock B-side to Scream 5. Sounds like, you know, when they did Halloween Kills, that was like the the bloodbath <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. You know, we had like a more traditional Halloween, then we go complete reversal where it's just Michael on a rampage. Yeah. And in this one, I don't know if I necessarily get that vibe. Yeah, and it's funny because they did, and then one of the director co-directors, I should say, had um, jumped, I think it's Tyler, and he had i can't really say corrected chad but he was like you know people always have come up and said this movie's a bloodier one they're like but like scream five was just as visceral because dewey's death is intense and he dies and you've got other deaths that are just as bad and i was thinking about them like that's true like unless there's something where they're hacking up bodies in a wood chipper and they're like going through something that's really intense this one's not like... Or just like eating eating the corpses yeah, or something. Yeah, if If this turns into bones and all, <laughs> then yeah, you could end up saying that. But at the same time, this was more of a... I, I could see it being the... I do agree with the punk rock version because this did seem more of a... kind of in your face over Scream 5. 
But I don't think it was bloodier per se. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think it was definitely part one, part two. Like yes. they, they they are the same coin. We're just getting the flip side of it. Yeah. I don't know. In Scream Five, the beginning of that movie, we have Ghostface like stomping on Tara's leg, breaking her ankle or whatever. Like that's nasty. And that's stuff we really hadn't seen Ghostface do. Yeah. So I feel like we had already gotten the the I mean it, this one's bloody and they're taking out one thing this one does that it doesn't usually do is the some of the attacks and some of the kills are unrelated to the story like characters the bodega scene we have a cashier and a guy in line to get blown to bits and stabbed <laughs> because um they're just in the way and that's something we don't usually see yeah so maybe in that regards it is a little more a little more violent in in, in your face I, I still like scream 2022 there's a lot of logical inconsistencies though yeah like the whole end of that movie ends in Stu's house and you're telling me none of these characters know they're going to Stu's house. That's right. not sending off signals in your head yeah. of who the killer might be because they're well-versed in the Woodsboro murders. So that like that whole back half makes no sense. Right, right. So that knocks it down. That's still like bottom two for me. I like all of these movies, even Scream 3. That's my least favorite, but I still can easily watch that and have fun. And that's the same with Scream 5. Jumping into Scream 6... I want to know initial thoughts. The movie ends, you're walking out. What are you thinking in your head? Oh, immediately getting out. Now, I will also preface that I watched this and it was uh, toward the evening. I, I'd say it's a night crowd. Like there, it was um, your, like your classic, like it's not a midnight showing, but it's as close as you can get anymore. So I was walking out close to midnight and it's got a lot of college kids, a lot of high school kids. And, um, so it started off a little rambunctious, but then simmered down my thought, especially when this movie gets going is, oh, this is going to be solid, but mainly because we've got Sammy weave kicking us off. And I totally forgot about that. Now I won't go into that right now because we will later. However, um, I was like in it and I loved it. I loved what we were getting. And as the movie goes on, I started dropping off a little at a time. And by the end of it, I was like, we just need to wrap it up. Oh. Um, I felt like we have covered a lot of this before. I did like the reveal of the three uh, ghost face. I enjoyed it, but I softened as the movie went along. And I enjoyed a lot of components of it. I just felt like we spent too, like this movie is probably 20 minutes too long to me. I think this I think this is the longest one next to Scream 2 or it, it's just under that. I think this one is the longest. And and to me it, it felt like that. Now I enjoyed it. I will say I I I really liked it. And I think that the rewatchability is higher for me in this movie than the than Scream 5 weirdly enough even though that I really dug Jack Quaid and all that. But there are just certain points to this especially toward the end. Yeah, I like the set, especially the abandoned movie theater. There are a lot, of, like I said, there are a lot of things I liked, um, but I was a little softer getting out of this movie than Scream 5. But thinking about it, I think my rewatchability is higher for this movie. And there are a lot of things that I just, I really dug. Like the idea of like New York and this idea that they're, 
I think the other thing I was getting ready to say, there is a greater threat, but I never felt like the core four because I started thinking like, okay, they're not at risk. And that's whenever it started taking it down for me. Like when Mason, uh, when his character was getting stabbed, I'm like, this is this is when they're going to freaking behead the dude and they're just going to take him out. Yeah, because yeah, they mentioned that. Yeah, and for me... And I know one of the interviews, someone's like, or one of the directors was like, this was secretly their feel-good movie because they survive. I'm like, see, I don't really think that worked for me. Yeah, these these characters are literally invincible to stab wounds. And, and that's something that I, I mean, I kind of like, but I think that that for me was like, it's not like I'm saying I want these characters to die because I really like them. I really, I think they're well, doing it. There needs to be stakes. Yes, a hundred percent. You have to believe that anyone could die, and and that's where for me walking out of this, I think that's where it started taking a punch. Now, overall, um, like especially the very beginning of this, I'm like, all right, they're setting the stakes. They're like this ghost face truly is like unlike another ghost face, and for the most part, I'd say this is very. It's different, but it's also not, you know, because it is very Loomis-y, um, you know, Na- the whole Nancy Loomis thing. But at the same time, I I dug it. Um, I will say it does sound like I'm a little softer on it, but um, I think over time I will appreciate this even more. I will never lock in a movie, you know, ranking-wise until I've seen it at least twice. But I left the theater going, this is this is my second favorite Scream movie. Oh, wow. I think this movie, up until the big reveal, is, like, perfect. It's solid. From the beginning to the big reveal, I'm all on board. Then the big reveal happens, and I'm like, wow, we, we're connecting it back to the fifth one. Do I like that? Everyone's reveal is just so corny and over the top. Which is fun. It kind of goes back to... And then we are replaying Scream 2. We are literally having a parent getting revenge. The more I've let that sit, though, I kind of like it. And we'll get into that a little bit. And and that's how I felt, too, honestly. Because if we are... If Scream 5 was literally a reboot, then this, too, is kind of the same for Scream 2. It's like a mirror image. And I'm okay with that. But I do... I am ready... I'm just ready for it to be something that's totally different. Why? But this is my argument. I like that they're mirrors, but six movies in and we're redoing things over and over again. We read, we did yeah. that with 2022. So that right. is the frustrating. Like, there's a lot of, that I love about this movie, but in terms of what doesn't work necessarily, yeah, it's it's the scream fatigue. I love this franchise. It makes me, watching one of these is like, it has like weird feeling of coming home. It has right. that just like calming effect on me. But six movies in, yeah, I'm feeling the fatigue because we know all of these movies have this template and they play out and they can find ways to make elements feel fresh and new. But at the, at the end of the day, we know we're going to have a killer, killers, and it's going to be some reveal. And they're going to have some motive connected to the the characters. And it's always the same thing, which is tiresome, sadly, at this point. It's like you get to that end element and then it's like, you're right. How Just kill these people off and let's end this movie. Well, I was going to say, I'll jump in real quick, because for the idea of like using New York 
as a setting, I think could work amazing. And you do a format of where, especially with Radio Silence, and they're taking a lot of older movies and they're kind of giving homages and things like that. I think if you use New York as a setting and you turn it into Walter Hill's The Warriors and it becomes a cross with that and Scream where you literally cannot escape and you have basically Ghostface, but it's like in mass and you've got now i don't know what happens in that case because then it then it becomes almost like uh as what they were going with and they said that was their red herring it was like you think it's being like uh, it's commentating on um social media and how people like you know uh the older sister is being attacked as like oh she's the one who's starting all of this like she's the one who's the real killer here he'll here not richie like richie was innocent um and then for that which is i kind of i mean i do like that because that is just something that happens all the time with these conspiracy theories that just take off and they mention that with like Stu, is Stu still alive like that is a thing on the internet of whether or not this maniac is still around (laughs) and and i wish they took they leaned into that and it's like they're not going there and then you think, I wish they flipped it, and you think, oh, wow, like, Richie's family's mad, and they start leaning into that, and then it's revealed, and where I'm going with the Warriors aspect is, you merge that and or what the Batman did recently, where the Riddler was using all these different, like, you know, people. That's hard, though, because you can't, like, do... 20 I mean even at three ghost face I was like we're pushing yes yeah. now and that's another thing because after thinking about it, I'm like it would be way over the top but then it's like but then if you literally cannot escape ghost face and they're using like multiple ghost face and like no matter where you are there there's gonna be ghost face that raises the stakes in a way that you cannot escape and then it becomes like terrifying but then it's like Okay, then you're bending a little bit of reality because how many people are going to like join almost this cult and start attacking people in this way? And then it becomes like really, I don't know. There it would need to be flushed out, but I'm in my mind walking out of theater, I'm like I, there are a lot of elements I liked. I just wish they like leaned into that more. And that's for me where I just I'm, I wanted to see something that would have been a little different, and I thought they were going in that direction in the very beginning of this movie. So that's why I started falling off. I was still in it. I just like half off the wagon by the end of the movie. So the original Scream 3 ending was Stu is alive. He's in prison. He's orchestrating the attacks. He's got like his own cult. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that is similar to that vibe. And then they had to obviously rework it because Columbine happened. You can't have college or high school kids going on rampages. Right. I don't know if I wanted to expand that much. I think the I think you can keep the same template and then still do something that feels different. Like the beginning of this movie is amazing because we start off, we have a character killed, and we it, and we don't get like that slash scream title. So I'm like, oh, this is an ending. We're gonna continue, and then we find out. Uh, who the killer is. And I'm like, is this the route we're going to go where we know from the beginning who the killer is, maybe who they're working Mm -hmm. with, and we're seeing it from their point of view as they're, I don't know, as the the characters we love and are rooting for 
are trying to figure this out. I don't know if that's the way you do it. You do it from that perspective. Um, that eliminates, though, obviously the big reveal, which is just something that these movies hinge on, which I do like, but I feel like a lot of time the reveals aren't surprising or they're obvious or there's nothing ever truly surprising. This one was a little bit because it connects back to Richie. Like we find out it's the cop. I'm like, oh, what's his, what's his motivation? And they're like, oh, it's my son. Okay. And then the girl who was just banging, which is, I think, a clever thing of let's have this character be basically <laughs> the first kill. And she's the one always having sex. I thought that was weirdly very intelligent and smart. Um, but she left no impact on me because she's barely in the movie. And then she turns out to be a killer. And I'm like, okay, like I don't care. And then the, the son, mm-hmm. hey, he's just along for the ride. He's... He's crazy. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you freshen up a tired element like that. But I still really liked a lot about this yeah. movie. Oh yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, it sounds like I'm poo pooing on it, but I really, I did dig it a lot. And uh, yeah, so as like a part one, part two, it's it is like, and you can tell like the audience was in it. They were loving it. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's just a good energy to this movie. Once it starts and it, it really rolls the entire two hours. Like I didn't have an issue with the length. I thought it was fine. The cast is good. Like I mentioned, I think Mason Gooding is just, he was good in scream five. He's amazing in this. I just like, he's just like this jock character. Who's like really has a tender side. He's funny. You want him to survive. Uh, Tara and Sam, I think, are interesting because we're so used to having the final girl. Now we have sisters and two extra, so we have a final four. And I, I honestly, at this point, I could watch Jenna Ortega in literally pretty much any movie because I think she's fantastic. <laughs> Would you watch a sequel, like a direct sequel to X, if they brought her back and focused on that character? <laughs> Probably. I would too. <laughs> but doesn't she I can't remember. We won't do spoilers on uh on X. Um and then one kind of minor thing I I really like about this movie is this movie picks up so quickly after Scream 5 and we were able to see how the characters like handle the aftermath of those Woodsboro murders. And like Tara has this great line where she tells her sister like I'm not going to let 3 days define who I am. Or what, like what I'm, how I'm going to live my life. Like I'm going to enjoy it. And I never connect what happens in these movies to time. Like I know yeah. what we're watching doesn't unfold over months or like a full year. But I never really piece together, oh, that was literally just three days out of a year for these people. And those three days are horrific. How does it affect them? So we kind of get to see that, I think, in a different way. For me, just to know the the time aspect shape that a little differently than for whatever reason with Sydney and the in the OG characters in those in those older movies. Is there anything else that you wanted to say about what works, what doesn't? One thing that I think would really kind of push this series along is introducing us to characters like in the very beginning. And it is establishing like, oh wow, they're like no one no one is safe. And they're utilizing say modern, almost like modern technology in a way that I thought Scream, the Scream 5 did did a good job with that. Because a lot of these you look back and you're like, oh, well, you know, that would totally not work if that were to happen today, you know. And I think Scream 5 did a, a pretty good job overall 
and Scream 6, um, I think, also carried that on. So I think they got that right. And I think some of the action scenes are pretty good. Oh, I, I thought I thought these scenes were just really well done. Um, I don't really have anything else to add outside of the loves hates part that we'll be talking about here soon. Well, some loves hates here. The movie, we kind of briefly talked about the open of this. They change it quite a bit. And then it, it, it kind of nosedives into normal territory where the real killers kill the killers that were revealed. <laughs> so <laughs> we got <laughs> killers within killers movies. Uh, is this the best opening for the franchise? And I, I for me, the OG is off the table because it's like perfect in every way. So mm-hmm. it's like it's not going to top. Nothing in these it's movies iconic. is going to top Scream. But let's say from two on, is this the best open that we've gotten? Hands down. It's amazing. Hands down. Like, at the open of this, I literally, like, sat up in my chair, and I'm like, oh, oh, we're we're doing this. This is this is solid. Like, this was like a speeding bullet, a speeding train. It just launched. And I was like, yeah. I almost stood up, and when we finally get the Scream title card, I almost stood up and cheered. But someone did that for me, so I didn't have to. It's a classic. And I'm going to say, I, I could argue... I could argue it's the best in the entire franchise. Yeah. It feels wrong to say that because the original lays the front, like the, the groundwork for everything we've gotten since. And it's so iconic, but this one, I mean, holy smokes. It's amazing. The beginning of this movie is amazing. We're introduced to Samara weaving who plays. She's like a, a professor of slasher films or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, first of all, if, is there an actual college course about slashers? Because if so, where, why am I? Why didn't I take that? I bet, and I feel the same way. I, I mean, that's that would be amazing. And then honestly, if your professor actually looked like Samara Weaving, I would fail that thing every oh my semester goodness. just so I could sign up again. Yeah, and then it's like the dude is calling her to kill her, and it's like, I think you really got this mixed up, pal. Like. If you've got her number and you're playing like Chad or whatever, you know, and you're catfishing her, like, man, what an idiot. That's all I've got to say. What a freaking idiot. Well, he's a sicko, first of all. And then oh, there is there is this really creepy element of a guy doing that to a person, taking their life, and then he just freely walks and he's just in the crowd again. And then he's saying hi to classmates. Yeah, it's horrifying. And it creeped me out. And I'm like, this is amazing. So huge loves. Uh, One of the biggest talking points about this movie is the New York setting. And this movie echoes Scream 2 in that our characters are now in college. And we're in a brand new city. Did you like the change in scenery? scenery, And do you think um, the filmmakers did enough to make the setting feel fresh and new? I will say... It, I love the setting. I love that the characters are there and they're trying to move on with their lives. So I mostly loves, but I hate in terms of they didn't utilize it enough. I think like the subway scene was fantastic. That was great. And especially considering there are three ghost faced killers that they could have easily like that divide and conquer or like splitting the group up. That's even more threatening, but at the same time, it's like 
the fact that Mindy is stabbed and left to die and then she survives it is I love I really like Mindy. I like all these characters, but it's like she wouldn't have survived like they would have taken her out. They would have made sure that she died. So that's where you use the setting to your advantage. And it's like you have to make sure that all of the shadows in New York City are or, or people moving around. It's think of the movie Fallen with Denzel Washington. Anyone could touch you and you are like this demon's past you. It's like that for this movie. Anyone could be ghost ghost face and stab and kill you, and they don't even have to be wearing a mask. Yeah. That would be Because you're in a city of millions. And yeah. so, yeah, and that's where, like, the open of this, I'm like, oh, right, that's why I'm into this. So that's why it gives it, like, mostly loves but hates for that part. Yeah. I, at the end of it, I kind of wondered if it utilized the setting enough. Like, it felt New York enough. And then I was watching this thing with the filmmakers, and they said they wanted the movie to be about people living their lives in New York, but not like the tourist mm -hmm. version of New York. So they're intentionally like moving away from sites, which I kind of expected, not necessarily the Statue of Liberty, but like those iconic yeah. New York settings. And they just wanted to focus on, you know, the people living their lives in a giant city that's filled with millions. So I do think they did a good job. And the subway scene is, the subway scene's amazing. So because Samara Weaving died at the beginning, that means that we were wrong. In our prediction that um, the opening kill would be Gale, which looking back on that prediction, it is maybe too obvious. Yeah, and and yeah, and I was I was worried about that in terms of opening with like they're just kind of leaning into what they did with Dewey, but yeah, I'm I'm glad they didn't do that. I dug this opening, but I, I like I told you jokingly, but not jokingly, I I got a little sad. We get, I think, a pretty good uh, Mindy monologue about what this means in terms of we are now we're we're a franchise now, so you have to like change your perception on what what's going to happen. Um, and one of the things that she mentions is you know the the kills and the chase scenes have to be longer; they have to be more more intense. Loves hates on the kills in this movie. I would say honestly, overall, the kills in it. They were good. I like, and even with the freak out of the two brother sisters of Richie and those in being two of the ghost face killers, I, I like that. And like that seemed pretty intense, but I mean, yeah, I, the thing is, and I'm hesitating because overall the kills loves, I just think it could have been more. And it, is like kind of frightening because of the randomness of some of it. But those that it, and this sounds really weird to say, but those that I was expecting it to be, that's where it kind of takes it down because I'm like, Oh, like, man, if that's how, um, Mason goes out, that's like, that's intense, but he didn't go out. Well, you want a good death though. We're like watching the slasher film. Give me good chases and good right. kills. It's morbid, but that's just like we're there up, yeah. to see that. <laughs> I mean, I think I think the subway scene's great, the bodega scene's great, the apartment scene is awesome. And again, I went into this completely unaware of settings, what was happening. I thought the latter scene was awesome, though oh, yeah. it involves a character that is gutted. <laughs> the guy lifts the knife up like five inches, 
and she still like survives that and is able to <laughs> crawl halfway across across the ladder. It makes no sense, but I was all in on that. You know, counting the two killers at the beginning and the three at the end, there's seven deaths in this film. I don't think. My thing is, I like those scenes. We didn't have enough kills in this. They kill like a, a psychiatrist, Samara Weaving, and then um, Mindy's girlfriend. Right? And then mm-hmm. outside of that, we have two strangers in a bodega, which I'm not going to count, and then the five killers. You're right. I, I don't... I always scrap the killers. You don't count that. It's like, who did they kill? There's not enough kills in this. And that really goes back to why I, I think the setups are great. I don't think they went far enough. Uh, one person that does survive is Gail. Gail Weathers is back. I think that, again, they love these actors too much that like when Courtney Cox is going, I, I like doing these movies. Let me come back. They're going to be like, okay. And they don't have the balls yeah. to kill her. So it's a hate for me. Like she, her surviving the attack, I, I hated it. I can't believe she survived. Yeah, and I mean, I I do like Gail, but it is one of those, like, how, how often can you survive? And I think that would also raise the stakes for, like, if there is a ghost face or the legacy is haunting Sydney, what if, like, everyone around Sydney's taken out and then, like, she can keep running, but even though she escapes it, it doesn't mean those around her do you know so there's that part where i like if she were to be taken out you know now the good thing about having gail in this movie though and it's something i never thought about is she's never been on the phone with ghostface Mm -hmm. yeah so that that being like oh this is the first time we've ever talked i'm like okay we've checked that box off uh we've shown that sydney doesn't need to be in this movie she doesn't have to be killed she's just not in this movie Let's do that with Gail. Let's move on yeah. from this character. I can I, I didn't like that she survived. I'm gonna say I didn't like that all four of the all, all of the core four survived, including Chad, who he said is literally getting stabbed dozens of times by <laughs> <Yeah>. two killers. <laughs> literally two at a time. No way. No way he survived. Hacking away. There's no way. He shouldn't have survived the first time. And this one, the stakes are so high because he's forming uh, a relationship with Tara. So his his death means even more. And they don't have the yeah. balls to kill him. And in Mindy's speech, she's like, we're at a point where anybody can die. That's like, she she says that. It's like, it's the big thing of the speech of like, literally at this point, anyone's like, yeah. everyone's fair game. And they can't do it. I, I really hated that too. I do. And especially with the directors or filmmakers saying that, you know, this being a quote unquote, feel good movie I mean, we got, like you said, we got that in the last scream. And wouldn't that give it more weight or wouldn't that resonate more if the core four is that's established and like they're all wiped out except for maybe Tara or, you know? Yeah, I'd keep the sisters around, I think. And like, and that's another thing. Like you can keep the sisters because it's the final girls, so to speak. And then we've got its sisters, the final sisters. And it's like, oh, well, how do you cope with this? Especially with Tara saying at the beginning of this, like, I'm not going to let the three days define me. Then it's like, well, how, like, are you going to feel the same way after two of your best friends got butchered in front of you? You know, so. Yeah, now you've now you've lost someone super close yeah. to you. Because she really doesn't in the first one. Yeah, yeah I didn't, I don't care for that. And I think, too, 
let's say they kill off Chad or Mindy in the next one. It's like the third film. And we're like, uh, I think the reaction for me is going to be, like, oh, it's about time. Yeah. And this one, I'm shocked. Because when we see, we at that point think Mindy's dead or going to die. We think Gail's going to die. Chad's getting hacked up. And I'm like, this movie is savage. And yeah, I right. love it. And mm-hmm. then they completely pull the rug under you. And you're like, eh, <laughs> everyone's fine. We we are <laughs> yeah. invincible, and that's that's almost like a, that's almost like a slap in the face. Sure, yeah, um, and and that's coming from someone. I again, I really thought Mason Gooding was great. He's my favorite character of any of these new people. Oh yeah, and I wanted him to die, you know, because <laughs> that's what I paid for. <laughs> and also, I'll I'll say real quick, I love to like you said early on when he establishes the core form. Like that's so corny, but I love it. Like it fits his character. It's and great. it's just fun. It's just it's it's cool to hear that. And I think that's why even more so that's where you just pull the rug out like no one is safe. Even those who say we're the core for nothing can happen to us and they get obliterated. It'd be a gut punch. You'd be like, oh, this movie's yeah. like there's they're not taking prisoners like they're going for it. Yeah. And I would yeah. respect that. Loves hates the big reveal. There are three killers in this and they're all connected to Richie who is one of the killers from Scream 5, played by Jack Quaid. I was indifferent on this when it happened. I do think it makes sense. Like, it all makes sense. But the one issue with this franchise is its its hesitation to move on from what came before. And I know this is all, like, self-referential. But I'm like, God, we're, like, connected back to Richie. I do like, though, that his dad... It's not that his dad dad was a stab fanatic... He just loved his son. Like he didn't understand yeah. his his son's love for this movie. Um so I do think that's kind of interesting. And then just seeing Richie's homemade stab films was amazing and creepy at the same time. Which did you know that Richie, a young Jack Quaid, recorded him like that's really that's not fabricated. That's real Jack Quaid. From that he did years and years ago. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I was gonna say they, the there's shots of him like talking to the camera or something. And I'm like, he looks younger, and it's him. I I was like, all right, they probably did like some kind of you know they 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 use some kind of graphics to make it look like or because I'm like yeah, it looks like Jack Quaid, but no, no, that's him. That's I mean that's fun. I I like it. I it's like middle of the road for me. You know, I, I understand it. It all makes sense. But at the same time, I kind of want to yeah. move on. I do. I do think it would be interesting. Once again, the elements of if someone created a shrine, once again, super creepy. But like creepy. It's amazing. Yeah. I love the setting of that. Yeah. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like apparently they're going to have it in a classroom, but they found the setting, the actual like location. And like, well, let's use this. We got to use it. I think it's in Toronto or somewhere like that. Um, yeah, and it kind of goes back to Scream 2 because mm-hmm. the the opening is, and that's what we wonder too, is is the beginning of this movie in the theater? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I do uh, that's a nice callback, and that I I really enjoyed. But as far as like it, if you end up having the killers, where and I'll say that I I it hates it because I just wish we could move on. I do like the three of them. But I wish it was just more like we get someone who is like the two film students and then they like stumble upon that they're doing this. But they're like, oh, no, like we're fanatics. No one's going to be a bigger fanatic than us. And I I think that's interesting. That is yeah. more of a 
like moving the series forward and kind of different, uh, making it apart from the rest of the franchise. Yeah. The idea of two kids just like wanting to finish what some maniac did is creepy. Like the beginning killers of let's finish what Richie started. So I like that aspect. I don't know. Yeah. And again, the girl just like leaves no impression. Yeah. Because she's, she bangs and gets killed, mm-hmm. quote unquote killed in no time. And then, yes, it, it is, we're rehashing Scream 2, which I think I've already mentioned. I'm rehashing myself at this point, like the Scream franchise. <laughs> but we've seen this before. I do like one thing, one random note going back to um, Jack or Richie's character, you know, making these movies or recreating uh, Stab or Scream or whatever it is, is they're, they're using Nick Cave's red right hand. Like he uses it over the end credits of his film. So it's like, a song that is in Scream and then is now in Within Scream. Right. And I love like the layers of it because it's just, it's silly, but it, it's something about it. I like, <laughs> I, I, he- I heard the song like being played. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. That he's, the way I took it at least, is he's using that music as like the, the over, over the credits song that was right. playing. Yeah. Loves Hates the Return of Kirby, who's played by Hayden Panettiere. She's a character that we we thought was killed in Scream 4. She comes back. Uh, in Scream 5, we actually learn that she's not dead. She survived the attack. Um, I, I guess a lot of the time she was on screen, I'm like, this doesn't feel like the same character as oh, the one no. in Scream 4. Abs- and I know she's like a decade older. She's an FBI agent, which I'm like, is that? I guess that's possible. It seems silly. It seems contrived. Mm-hmm. Um. But I was like, man, she just seems different. Like, she's not the same person. And I I was hyped for her return. I, I hate to say hates, but, man, I, I didn't love Kirby in this. Mm-hmm. I, I, she's bland. I did not yeah. love I'll just say it. Like, I, like, watching, and I, leading up to this, I'm like, oh, I'm actually getting a little more hyped. But she didn't do anything for this. I don't, I wish there was a way to bring her in and, Especially if, like, maybe that's a way that you, like, have her come in and it's, like, a bigger investigation. And then you can have her changed. And But overall, like, the character just didn't really do much, I felt. Like, all right, so you're telling me you come in from the FBI and you're, like, a lot of it just didn't really make a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense, yeah. I think it's it's the biggest sign, too, that, this this franchise works better when you're when you're just bringing in new people. Yes, hundred percent. Sydney Sydney's different because she's been in every film. When you take a, a a movie off and you come back, it's like it's recognition, but it doesn't mean anything. I'd rather just have new people from this point on. Now, if there's a way to flip it where it's almost like um, Sam Weaving's character in the beginning of this is an ode to Kirby, and I found that to be interesting. But, like, if there's a way to play on that with Kirby in the very beginning, and then it's revealed that she gets out, but then she actually survives the attack. But then again, it's kind of like repeating Scream 5. So there's there's a, there's a lot of, it just seems like we are rehashing. That seems to be kind of the common word, the buzzword uh, for us. But, I mean, that's just where I'm like, all right, Kirby, not... I mean, I loved her in Scream 4, but I'm like, yeah, we don't really need to bring her And then she has this moment with Mindy where they're kind of like measuring dicks in terms of, what's your favorite 
horror films and what's and even that <laughs> yeah. fell flat for me. I'm like, I I just she doesn't seem like the same person that even would be interested yeah. in that anymore. It just yeah, it didn't mm-hmm. work for me. Yeah, I never thought of it that way, but you're right. You're hundred percent right. It that's not something this Kirby would say. I feel like she at this point would be like, I I I can't watch that stuff anymore. Like it just it makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah, she's like, F that. I'm like have written those off. I'm no longer a fan of horror movies. I hate them. She's like the guy at the beginning. She's like, I prefer rom-coms. <laughs> yeah. Now, there was a big stink about how Nev Campbell wasn't being properly paid, which she should be. So she didn't do the movie. They kind of had to rework all the script, they said. Did you did you notice or have that feeling of, man, I, this is like the Rocky and Creed thing. Mm-hmm. He's not in Creed 3. Were there moments you missed Rocky? In this case, were there moments that you were like, oh, man, I wish Sydney was in this. Not really. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm glad she's got give her the happy ending. I think I think the fact that there could be ghost face killings in New York and she's we're told that her character is like taking her family into hiding. I'm like, that would be the worst life imaginable. It's and awful. really, you're gonna do it. Just go home, lock up. Right. Like, are you that concerned? I guess after five times of that happening, it's gotten old, but that would be that would be a miserable life. There's another workaround where, like you said, you could end up doing that. And I mean, you could go to like a smaller town or maybe even a city or whatever. But like, I feel like a city you'd blend in and there's an easy, I well, I say an easy workaround, but a major workaround that you work in and incorporate modern tech and that's work from home. She's got a work from home job. That's, that's very believable. You know, well, she, she does that in Scream 3, remember? She's like yeah. the 911 operator at her own home. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and she kind of gets know, lured out of it. And it's like, if you... I, I love, and as you said, she's the OG Scream Queen for Scream. But, I mean, she's awesome. I love Nev, but I don't... I, I like the idea of, like, every now and again mentioning her. And another thing for Gail, we could see that she releases a new book, and you could have that in the background. Just like Kirby was kind of a callback or a cameo, if you will, in Scream 5 where we see her in a thumbnail of, like, a Scream yeah. survi- or a Ghostface survivor. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Where that, it's like, that's, those are good Easter eggs. Yes, yes, and keep them as Easter eggs. And I think that's where you can give Ode, and maybe now and again it's like, what can you do to incorporate that? But it's not anything more than like, say, a cameo. But they found their happiness. They've been able to move on and defeat this. And that's like another thing where, you know, Sydney, as you said, she gets her happy ending. And Kirby should have gotten her happy ending. And it's where she's going and doing, working in the FBI or appearing on podcast or, you know, yeah, these just don't show shows. her again. She, she yeah. survived and she's moved on. Right. And and that she said she she's doing interviews and, and there's a way to survive and I think that's where I think this franchise should end up going next with those characters. I mean I don't want to see Sydney again. Let's let's move on. But there's always the rumor mill of is or the questioning of is Stu Stu Mocker is he still alive? <laughs> oh, yeah. Now we have one of the filmmakers just like we we are open. Like, we'll never say never to that idea of bringing Stu back. So I think if you're going to close the chapter on these characters for good, and we'll never see, like, Sydney again, 
the one way that I think you could maybe get me on board is Sydney versus Stu. Like that's the final confrontation. Oh man. We'll go completely full circle. The thing is, because of the Scream 3 thing, that's always been the rumored, like, oh, it's going to be, we're going to finally do the Stu as the killer. Mm -hmm. And it would have been a surprise in Scream 5. After Scream 5 comes out, it's like, oh, maybe Stu's going to come back. And you go into Scream 6 going, oh, I wonder if they could do it. And they even lean into that a little bit with this one of, the conspiracy theories, if you're online, people debate mm-hmm. whether or not he's alive. Maybe he's doing this. And this is the one that would have made the most sense because yeah. it's like the shrine. I think if you do that for the next movie or you do that uh, for a future one, it's not going to be a surprise. And I said that when the last one came out. Like You do that at this point, it's not going to be surprising in any way. Mm-hmm. But I do think that would be maybe the only way I'm okay with Sydney coming back. Because the other thing is, it's illogical. If you were attacked by maniacs five times, which Sydney is, how long that's your life like how often is that in real life that you're continually attacked by random people dressing up as a killer? <laughs> right. At least Lori Strode, like with Halloween, that makes sense because it's one per it's always Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. But to have like this cycle of psychopaths coming after you. <laughs> It becomes, every time we see the legacy characters comes back, for me, it becomes less believable. Like, oh, wow, Dewey and Gale and Sydney, they're fighting a ghost face again. It's number six. Mm -hmm. It's number seven. Um, So just let her die. Let her be happy with her family. I don't want to see her again. Even with the Stu thing, I think that's just, that ship has sailed. It's not going to be a surprise anymore. Yeah. I don't know where you go from this point. Like, I feel like at this point we are getting freshness, but it is I'm getting the screen fatigue, and and I really did like this one a lot. Again, this I'm gonna pen this in as my second favorite, just, maybe just ahead of Scream Two and Scream Four, which are movies I like a lot, and I think both have issues, but I think because of the first two thirds of this movie, uh, it's gonna remain very high on my rankings. It's just I don't know where you go from here. Well, especially being such a huge fan, that was going to be my major question for you because I I agree. Honestly, looking at this, I do think this this after walking out, I would say this was my favorite sequel, like Scream sequel, or you know, next to the OG film. I think that's that's number one, um, and. I would agree with that for agree with you in terms of this being my favorite um, or second favorite. Now, as far as like what's next, oh man, that that's like, I don't know. I honestly don't know where to begin because especially I thought they would open this world up larger, but it's almost as if weirdly like they kind of closed it at the same time with this. Like I felt a sense of closure, you know, at the end, but Maybe it's where in I don't know. I I I think they're opening the door for Sam to be some maniac. And she keeps she like puts the blade away or she stares at the ghost face yeah. mask and drops it. And I have expected a hand to pick it up. And you're like, oh my gosh, who's it gonna be? Like who grabbed it? Who grabbed the mm-hmm. old the old mask? Um and that didn't happen. But I don't know what they're setting up. I, I'm not gonna turn down another one of these, but uh, 
let this breathe a little bit. Like, I don't know if we need one next year. <laughs> and one thing, too, this is not the movie's fault, but this is like a new October watch for me because it takes place in Halloween. Right. It's a misstep not putting this out in Hall- uh, October. Well, not just a misstep, but that's another element where I thought, why are they not utilizing like lean this enough? into it? Lean yeah. into that. Because so much of this movie is built around people dressed up because it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. We have an entire subway scene of this. So I don't understand. I feel like you could still make a ton of money in October because a lot of big things don't come out in October. Oh, yeah. And you're giving it room to breathe between this and the last one. But, you know, this made a ton of money. They'll they'll probably crank out another one in early 2023 or 2024. And I just hope they continue to find ways to find something new. But we are like... We're, we're, we've hit that peak where the template is very clear and they're going to, they need to do something. Let me ask you, after seeing both of these movies, five and six, are you happy with what Radio Silence, the film crew, has done with the Scream franchise? They want to stay on board. I'm all for it. I mean, these movies look great too. They do. They, they shoot really them do. well. The, they don't write them, but the writing is pretty good. I think in this one, there's enough clever twist and in it um so yeah keep all these people on board but maybe take the time to figure out how can you do something totally different and you don't want to do that and alienate longtime fans but Mm -hmm. i think there's got to be something maybe you maybe like i said maybe we know the killers from the beginning and i like i talked about this on scream 2022 we we have the scene where dewey's killed in the hospital there's a moment where we think and we know but maybe the killer has been killed Mm-hmm. and it would have been cool to unmask that person. That person's literally dead, and we're like, who was working with this person? And that's yeah. the rest of the movie of, we know they had to have been working with someone who was their accomplice, and that twists the end of that movie in terms of, we're turning this into like some like a thriller rather than a horror film mm-hmm. or a slasher. So think of that, or like the beginning of this movie has an awesome setup that eventually just weaves back into like the traditional format. Mm-hmm. So they're they're close. They're knocking on the door. They just haven't quite done it yet. I agree. I really do. And that's I I said at the beginning of this before we started recording that I've got a hot take for the Radio Silence crew. And I like what they've done. I do think they do have a lot of ingredients. But one major thing, and this is not related to Scream, but I don't want to see, after this, I don't want to see what they have to do with the Escape from L- New York slash L.A. franchise. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't it's think- going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of nods and winks to the original, and it's not going to separate itself. And that, and that's what I want. Like, if they do a movie, and it, it's not even that franchise, because that franchise is near and dear to me, even though we've only had two. But... I like same with Scream. It's like I love the OG movies, but I also want to see like I'm okay with staying in a franchise, but let's just do something that we haven't done before. I'm not saying crap on the legacy. I think you have to honor that a hundred percent, but you have to move forward. I'll give you an example of what I would like to see. And this is this could be a hot take, but David Gordon Green with Halloween ends. That is such a divisive mm-hmm. film a lot of people hate it but they they completely go for yeah. that one and they did what they wanted to do and it was 
mixed results for a lot of people. And I, but I loved yeah. it. I love that they completely go against what we expected and they focus on someone that we've never seen before who spends the bulk of the movie being the mm-hmm. bad guy. And Michael is an afterthought. I love that. Do something wild and maybe you risk turning off fans, but I don't know. And maybe you have to do that where you end the core four yeah. story and we start with completely new people Ghostface returns and you completely reinvent it in a different way. Because as as much as I love the beginning of this, we have a woman getting a phone call, talking to a man who's not Ghostface at first, voice-wise, but we know. So the phone calls even some way are becoming tedious. It's always the same kind of back and forth. But I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what the answer is, other than because at the end of the day, as much as I'm going to sit and complain about it, fatigue i love these sure right i mean i i would agree with that and i i i think that it's it's the same for me uh in terms of you know there's just so much that from all of the movies even in even this and it sounds like i'm poo-pooing on this but i i did really like it and it's i i want to see more screams but I just want them, like you said, to take a breather and find out what's a good way to set the course forward that we are able to sail into new territory. And for the love of God, let's do one of these in wintertime. We're kind of close in this one because oh, it's yeah. fall, but I've always wanted that with Friday the 13th. Let's do one in the snow. Let's that go crazy. Awesome. We'll soon probably get that stew spinoff. <laughs> Oh, my God. I bet we get an announcement for the next one very soon. Yeah. There's no way that doesn't come quick because this movie, this movie's making a company a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And people like it. Like, the reviews are good. From critics, mostly. It's the upper mm-hmm. 70s. You know, I've, I've talked to most people who liked it, and then they have some of the same complaints of just fatigue, but... We'll wrap it there because we've we've kind of exhausted. <laughs> we, we are becoming the Scream franchise in that we just keep repeating ourselves. I will say that this has gotten a much higher score than I anticipated. And comparing it to Scream 5, which got 76 by critics, this is a 77 by critics. This is scored just a hmm. little bit higher. And it was but in among- the mid-80s for a long time. And then and within it, the last week, it's kind of dipped down a little bit. But audiences, audiences like this more. I mean, that's using Rotten Tomatoes, so use that, you know, use that as a grain of salt. But nonetheless, it's scoring higher there with audiences than the last one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I will, I will end up rewatching this. I just won't be rewatching it anytime soon. So to oh, say. as soon as it's on um, 4K. It's bought and I'm watching it. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I should do what I've done with Halloween Enzo and just wait. I wanted to wait for that one a full year, wait till October, rewatch it. And this would be, again, a good one. This isn't a freaking Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Watch it in the fall. And by that point, I'll have a, a baby girl. And oh, yeah. I'll hold her in my arms and just let her listen to the screams of terror. Oh, <laughs> All right, so you need to warn film fans. One, thanks for listening. Two, if you get a phone call from a freak, just hang up. Yeah, that's best. And, just hang up. And uh, and Sydney's okay. Sydney's she's somewhere. fine. She's doing all right. She's married. She's got kids. She's looking great. Yeah. She's doing okay. 
Yeah. She's Let her in be. hiding somewhere. <laughs> leave her alone. Just leave this poor woman alone. I'm going to go watch some more screen movies after this because even after watching this movie, I'm like, I'm now high into the scream lore and I just can't get enough. Yeah, I got, I got to do scream three. So it's the one I left off, but I'm doing it this week. Well, it sounds like normally I'd say keep watching, but I'll add that by saying keep watching scream movies. Oh, I thought you were going to say keep listening. Oh. Like a phone call. That would actually be good. That would be better. I'm just gonna so keep. If, we're just gonna keep that in here. So just say goodbye. So well, that yeah. If you uh, if you get a phone call, keep listening. <laughs> <laughs>